This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Um, yeah, they've contributed to, to our thinking. I think we have been planning this window for a long time, since, uh, well, since I've been here in the back end of last season. It's important to do that, but then obviously there's always factors you can't control. Dominic's injury last week going into Chelsea, the two to two major injuries in the Chelsea game. So, um, but we we do have numbers defensively in those areas. And Connor's obviously came in Connor Cody this week, which is a big deal for us. So um, it's up to us to find the priorities and, and keep the squad as strong as we can we can have it. And obviously we have a, a bit more time to do that as well as we go. You talked about Connor Cody, obviously adding to James Tarkovsky and uh, Onana to the squad as well. Mm. They've all been described as leaders. Is that leadership something you needed in that dressing room? Well, it's a big deal in any dressing room, leadership. And um, when you're coaching, managing, you uh, you rely on there be people in the dressing room that can relay the message and drive it home. You can't do every bit yourself. So I think in the, in the players you're talking about, James has been in all pre-season and has shown his personality as well as his on-field abilities. Um, in the short time that Connor's been here, which is a few days, Connor was a great one for me because normally you have to do a lot of reference checks on players, what type of people they are. It took me about five minutes to, to speak to Connor and understand the type of person he was, and I knew it before the phone call, if I'm honest. The moment he came up as an opportunity for us, it was a huge deal for me and for the club. Um, and then with Amadou, I think the personality he's shown as well straight away as a young man with a real positive um, infectious kind of attitude straight away. So it's not all about that, but it's a big part of, of what we're trying to do is bring the right people to the club to drive it forward. So we're, we're happy in terms of the business we've done so far on that point. And is there a, any update that you can give fans on the possible return of uh, Idrissa Gay or any other incomings that you might have? At the club? No, because it would be unfair to do so because of the, uh, you know, we, we're, we're you know, working away, seeing ways we can improve the squad. But until we get players in, happily talk about those ones that we have in. But any uh, potential targets are, are obviously for us to, to keep working on behind the scenes. And is there any potential for outgoings at the club in the next few weeks before the transfer window closes? Yeah, I mean, it, that's a similar answer because, of course, you respect the players that are with us. We need to get a balanced squad. And at times, if you bring in players in, the reality is that players will, will leave. But those situations, one by one, have to be right for club for us first and foremost and then the player also and, and any potential club that they may move to so again I won't commit onto that one until you get those things in place No worries that's great thanks very much Thank you Hi Frank um, Connor Cody uh, described the conversation he had with you to, to sort of persuade him or to encourage him to come to Everton what, what, what did you say that, that sort of swung it for you? Um, I thought it was quite a normal conversation it was uh, it, it was relatively short. As I say, the, the Connor Cody as a player, I remember going against him as a Chelsea manager in the COVID times without any fans. And it struck me, his voice on the pitch and how much he drove, drove his team against my team at the time. Um, and obviously he's a quality player, a regular in the England squad. Um, so I just you know, spoke to him, became aware of his situation explained how I felt about him as a player, spoke about what I'm trying to do at Everton. Uh, just spoke pretty normal, really, and hopefully, if he, if he liked the conversation, it was because it was just a genuine conversation. 
as I said, more importantly than that, I'm, I'm delighted that he's here. I didn't need much of a conversation. I think Conor Cody, I think from the outside, you can kind of understand the type of lad he is. And he's a lad that you, you just want to work with. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Can he play in a back four? How do you see it going forward? Sure, he's played in a back four for, for England. Um, of course, Wolves have played with a back three generally for a long, long period, and he's been you know, fundamental to that as a, as a player. So we know that in terms of our, our structure and how we want to be, there's, at times we've been versatile with our system. So that doesn't change because of one player and Connor can do both. You're pitting your wits against Steven Gerrard for the first time as a manager. When you were players together for so long, did you discuss becoming managers? Did you? Did you? Was it inevitable one day you'd confront each other in the dugout? No, no, we didn't. We didn't discuss management as players. Um, we discussed it more frequently, and when we had our year working a little bit in the media, um, a lot of time to talk in those sort of situations. And by then, of course, we were both kind of finding our way. Stevie was working at Liverpool then. I was working for my badges and spending some time at Chelsea. So came much more of a conversation then, but we didn't touch on it loads, to be fair, and I think we're both pretty similar. We're different in our personalities, but we're both very driven, and we both have had a plan or an idea of what we want to do. And um, you know, I was really pleased to see Stephen do it. It's great to see good young English coaches. It's different when you, I think you've had careers like the likes of Stephen's and mine. You get you get maybe um, analysed in slightly different ways. But we have to put that to the side and just work away. And I know that Stevie's a hard worker, so I'm just delighted for him that he's done so well at Rangers and now at a club with the quality of Aston Villa. Thanks. Hi, Frank. Um, you mentioned a little bit about this at the end of the game last uh, last week, but Alex Iwobi and his performance in, in a slightly different role. Uh, how, how encouraging is that for you, to for it to give you a different option uh, in midfield? Well, it's great and it's an option that we need. It's a necessity at the moment for him to be able to play in that role because of uh, injuries we've had, players that are not ready to play in, in, the, in the number six. And um, the benefits of Alex were clear to me very early into my days of getting here that he's, he's versatile because of his qualities. He's also versatile because of his humility and anything you ask of him, he just tries to do it and he does it really well, at a really high level because he's an intelligent footballer. So it was really encouraging. I didn't have any worries about him. The only worry w was last week, Putting a player that's accustomed to be a winger in a number six against a very offensive team in Chelsea that give you a lot of problems through midfield, can he deal with that side of the game? So I was, you know, we spoke about him um, to, to him before the game about that, and he took the information on board. So really positive. And there are plenty of instances in football, both recently and, and in the past, of players who are known for a certain position but then move into another position and then go on from there, from strength to strength. Is is that a possibility for him? Possibly. I, I just think he's just. Gaining so much respect and backing from people winning around the club, the fans particularly, of his performance in whatever position you play him. So I don't think with Alex, and I'll always chat with Alex, but I don't. He's never said to me, I, I need to settle into this position in the end. Some modern players can, I have to say, and they're not so happy they don't play. He's the first conversations when I've considered moving him centrally into midfield was like, what positions have you played in your career? I just wanted a little bit of backstory. He, he literally named pretty much every position on the pitch. He'd done it all, um, and he did it, as I say, with a real humility in how he talks. So I think he'll always be a player that's of a high level that can just play in a lot of different positions and always perform. And, and selection-wise, you had the problem last week of, of the striker situation. This week you've got Salomon Rondon available again. Is, is, is that almost a given that he has to come back, or are you still weighing up 
where people can play? No, we're still weighing up, and the reality is we're also in a little bit of a pre-season mode because um, fitness-wise, um, not all of the players have been able to play a lot of minutes in the games that we had, the short pre-season that it was, players that we brought in. There's been a disrupted pre-season in different parts of the team for certain individuals, so I have to weigh up the... The, the fitness levels to, to try and get the sharpest players on the pitch and if maybe some people haven't had so many minutes they might be more effective coming on for a period of the game so that those things are all probably ongoing and probably will do, be for the first few weeks of the season. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.